0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Now and Zen podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Gugu Sleep Company and by Dream Drive. We all know getting a great sleep is important, and this is what Gugu is all about. Super comfortable mattresses at very affordable prices and delivered to your home for free. They back up their best sleep ever promise with a 100-night money-back guarantee. Learn more at Gugu.jp and enter the coupon code ZEN for your 20% discount. Gugu. Better sleep, better you. Hello everyone and welcome to Now in Zen. This episode I speak with Taro Asano. He is a kajiya. It's a traditional Japanese swordsmith who makes katana, also known as samurai swords. There are only a handful of practicing kajiya still in Japan and only a few who speak English and even fewer who offer a workshop where you can forge your very own samurai knife using the traditional blacksmithing method. It's a once in a lifetime experience. We discuss all things katana, how he became a kajiya, his six years as an apprentice, some interesting facts about his workshop participants, and his future plans, which involve taking on a 20 year old American apprentice and creating a YouTube channel to document their adventures. This is a truly fascinating episode with a super unique and rare individual. If you have interest in traditional Japanese swords and how a real craftsman views his role and purpose in life, you will love this chat. Direct this time from Gifu Hashima, This is Now in Zen with swordsmith, Taro Asano. Taro Asano, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. You are more than welcome. You are a kajia. Yes, I'm kajia, Japanese swordsmith. Swordsmith. Swordsmith
0: or blacksmith?
1: Swordsmith is more more common. So what is a kajia? Hmm. The I'm making Japanese sword.
0: Samurai swords.
1: Yes, that's it. Samurai sword.
0: Do you like it when people call your swords
1: samurai swords? Well, it's no problem for me, but uh, katana is much better for me. We never say samurai sword in Japan. The katana is more common. How many kajia are there Mm. in Japan? Well, we are all under the control of Japanese government. So government says almost... 150 swordsmiths exist in Japan. How many of these 150 are practicing or actually creating katana? I'm not sure. I think there are 30 to 50 swordsmiths working with swordsmithing because of age or because of the too less order. So not enough orders, you mean? That's right.
0: How many katana do you make in one year? Well, 10 to 15 blades per year. That's a lot more than I thought. So people come to you and they, they request custom order katana from you. Yes. How long
1: does it take to make one katana? Well, it's a very good question. Mm-hmm. The katana need a minimum four craftsmen to make it. Though I'm a swordsmith, so I'm taking blade part and uh, scabbard and uh, small metal parts and uh, special polishing. So every craftsman takes one two months to finish their own work so finally okay. it takes minimum six months to mm-hmm. one year so you make the blade mm-hmm. you forge the steel that's right you
0: also make the scabbard no okay. scabbard maker do that what do you call the person who makes a scabbard sayashi oh sayashi okay mm-hmm. that's right okay i knew mm-hmm. that and you said the other metal parts what are those other metal parts habaki
1: Habaki is uh difficult to explain it's a uh, between handle and the uh, tsuba. Tsuba mm-hmm. is the, the blade guard, the decorative
0: That's right, yeah. blade guard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you make tsuba as well? Sometimes, yes. So, to be a swordsmith in Japan, you have to be registered. Ah, uh, yes, sure. And acquiring this license mm-hmm. means that you have to
1: first be an apprentice. Right. For how many years? Six years. I took six years' apprenticeship with master. What was that like? Very very good question. Most people knows about the teacher and the student. It's a regular relationship, right? Right. But the most people doesn't know about the master and the apprentice. I would like to explain about the difference between the, that relationship. Basically the teacher teaches the student mm-hmm. about what teacher knows. But the master have to teach apprentice about yeah. eto I hope you to imagine the more common relationship. Okay, you know the teacher and the student is teacher and the student. Right. The master and the apprentice is more like a father and son. Okay, so the father have to teach how does son survive with the with in modern times. So that's the reason yeah. we have to teach that. In your apprenticeship for six years, did you enjoy it? Hmm. yes and no knowing about uh, new knowledge and uh, new things and doing some blacksmithing is yeah. good for good for me but the always the must relationship of master and son is struggle yeah. with something I see. it's exactly the same as father and son yeah
0: how did you become interested in becoming
1: a swordsmith uh-huh what was your initial interest it's very common and uh, usual question for me because right. uh, most people most people want to know that my answer is all the time becoming swordsmith is one of my dream for my childhood so the, it was so natural choice for me so i have no good answer
0: okay but when you were a child did you watch samurai movies or did you play with toy swords
1: or how did this idea even come into your brain you know, it's in Japan. Easy to watch the samurai movie or the samurai sword toys or every samurai information. It's easy to have samurai toys all the time. Okay. So that was the spark? Uh-huh. That's true. The, it was very small sparks. But the actually, the, when I started apprenticeship, it was still very small sparks. Mm-hmm. But for me, the most important part is the, actually the... Why did I start the apprenticeship is not so important because, you know, it's a very small sparks. When I started apprenticeship, I was 20 years old, so it was so small. Most important things for me is uh, why did I continue the blacksmithing? Yes, It's more important. The swordsmithing process is all very, very beautiful, and it's based on the very deep philosophy, Japanese philosophy. It's very beautiful. What philosophy is that? Well, it's too deep to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, could you give me a little hint? Well, etone, would you give me a time to explain? Sure. Etone, it's very, it's very difficult, difficult part mm-hmm. to explain, at least in Japanese. Etone, you may feel strange feeling if I say the sword making, Japanese sword making is based on peace, is made for peace. I think it feels strange. In the US, Mm. some people feel safe having a weapon because they can use it for protection? In Japan, it's real different. Japanese sword is made for peace. Also, we have to make it with peaceful mind. Is the process of
0: making a sword almost like meditation? Yes. In Japan, it's a very important concept. In Shinto, mm-hmm. there's a belief that everything has a spirit. Mm-hmm. So you are creating something extremely unique, mm-hmm. extremely traditional in Japanese culture. Perhaps while you are creating this, you're also creating a special feeling and a special bond with this object. Kind of. Kind Kind of. of. (laughs) Yeah, kind of.
1: So it's actually impossible to explain.
0: How do you feel when you are creating a katana, when you are forging
1: the metal? Appreciation. Appreciation. Mm -hmm. Because forging steel or forging knife is becoming popular in America or other countries. Mm -hmm. It looks tough. Work, tough work and uh, uh, the forging a knife with muscle or power yeah. bam bam it looks, looks very difficult yeah looks and uh, looks difficult and it looks bam bam work but actually it's more medi- very very meditative meditative work when I forge steel the when we work with my power my own power I impossible to make sword but when we make sword with gravity or air or that kind of natural natural movement i can make it Mm -hmm. so the at the time i feel appreciation i cannot make sword without that kind of natural movement that's uh, one of the very base of the sword making philosophy when I make sword only by myself yeah. it's just ego very oh. very strong ego I want to make strong sword or I want to make I want to make sharp sword it's yeah. just ego okay. but basically the sword making process Japanese sword making hates that kind of people's ego so the process is peaceful as well then that's right and relaxing that's right Wow. So that's the reason that we have to be peaceful. We have to have a peaceful mind all the time and we have to relax yeah. in front of fire. Easy, peaceful feeling. That's yes. a song by the Eagles.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's very interesting about the traditional sword making process. The best part of the manufacturing process is the folding of the steel where the swords are made by repeatedly heating, hammering, and folding the metal. This mm-hmm. process of folding the metal removes the impurities mm-hmm. from the steel and it helps even out the carbon content. Almost, yes. <laughs> How many times do you fold the steel when you make a katana?
1: Eh, to, almost 30 to 40 times. Why so many? You know, in Western world, most blacksmiths are making Damascus or right. pattern welding yes it looks similar with the japanese folding process but it's totally different concept you know they are making pattern so it's called the pattern welding looks same but the japanese folding process is for growing growing steel to make it tough we start process from the it's called a tamahagane. Tamahagane? Uh, yeah, tamahagane. Uh-huh. An it's in, a, an ingot. Ingot. Yeah. Ingot of steel. Yeah. So it's a baby steel. So we have to grow it. We have to grow it up. So folding the steel is to grow it, increase the
0: size and increase the length.
1: No, the I mean the growing growing up the
0: quality. The quality. How do you know when it's been folded enough? Uh, only my body knows. Body feeling. What do you feel? What do you see? What feeling do you get when you say, OK, that's enough?
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, I used to think about the uh, numbers of the folding process. Hmm, hold okay. on. First I so and 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 that's,
0: that's interesting. So you can feel it.
1: Uh huh. So I could feel. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a feeling. Uh, when I pound the steel, the feeling and hardness of the steel through the the through hammer to my body. <laughs> that's <laughs> deep. You can actually feel that
0: the metal has changed mm-hmm. when you are forging or when you are pounding.
1: That's right.
0: You feel it through your hammer
1: mm-hmm.
0: into your arm
1: uh-huh. and into your body. That's right. Thank you for helping, helping to speak that in English. No problem. Your English is great.
0: <laughs> you have received a lot of media exposure. Mm-hmm. I've seen some articles in magazines Thank about you. you. I've seen you on TV. Uh, has this led to
1: increased business or any new projects? Mm-hmm. Good question. Of course, becoming famous is basically is very helpful for my work. Being famous increases my business all the time. That's very good for me. And uh, I'm very cool guy, so. <laughs> <laughs> you you sorry, are. Sorry, joking. Sorry, joking. <laughs> but sure. funny things and interesting things is someone felt Taro is cool, so I could have a chance to be fashion model. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So the the feature was on you as a as a swordsmith uh-huh. but
0: somebody who saw that thought you would be a good fashion model yeah did you do it mm-hmm, i did wow <laughs> is that going to be a new side business no only one time still now <laughs> okay still now well well you are a cool guy thank and you and a fashionable guy so maybe mm. it might happen again of course <laughs> You offer workshops for anyone to come and forge their very own samurai knife. Mm -hmm. Not sword, because that would probably take too long. You call it the samurai knife. Uh Forging a knife requires a lot of process and time. But in your workshop, it will be completed in just one day, right? Mm -hmm. It's a knife-making experience. For your Samurai Knife Workshop, what percentage of the students are foreigners and
1: mm-hmm. what percentage are Japanese? Ah, good question. 90% of guests comes from the foreigners. Japanese are uh, almost 10%. So does that
0: mean that in Japan, there's not much interest around sword making and blade smithing?
1: Mm. I think it's because for Japanese people, it's too familiar. It's not so exotic. For foreigners, they come to Japan, they want to do something exotic. And making their own samurai knife is perfect. Making Asano samurai knife is perfect. Perfect. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, actually, the Japanese people believe katana, Japanese sword, exists in Japan forever, all the time. So it's too close. It's very too common for them. You know that... Japanese people were carrying on this culture for almost 2,000 years. The You know, the Japanese sword is one of the top quality blades in modern times. It's that miracle? Yes, it is. Yeah. Japanese people didn't know that, doesn't know that. <laughs> Would you guess who wants to take my workshop? Oh, well. What, uh, let's say that what kind of work field people want to take my workshop?
0: You mean from which background? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Please
1: guess background of my guest.
0: Um I think my impression would be
1: people work with their hands like a uh, carpenter. Actually, seventy percent guests comes from same background.
0: Really? And it's not craftsmen. Okay, I'll I'll guess something professional business people.
1: It's ten percent. I don't know. Yeah. Well, most people comes from IT field. IT, uh huh, yeah, system engineer or running the IT company yeah. or that kind of anyway, IT field. That's interesting. Yeah, actually, the NASA is one of my one of my big clients. Na- so people that work for NASA uh-huh. often come and take your workshop. Uh huh. Can I tell let you know the funny things? Yeah, please. The one of my guests was uh, working for, working for the. Uh, working for NASA and the uh, security, NASA Security Service. He was protecting the satellite. Satellite. Yeah, he was protecting satellite from hacking. Oh, from being hacked. Yeah, be hacked. Okay. Yeah. So actually, he protecting the
0: world. Wow. Why do you think seventy percent of the people that come to your workshop to make their own personalized knife mm-hmm. or forge their own personalized knife with you? Why are there so many people from the IT background?
1: Well, I'm doing this class almost four to five years. Actually, I di- I couldn't understand w- why IT fields people come uh, visit my shot, But I had a lot of conversation with a lot of guests. So I realized, you know, they are working so, so hard. Mm-hmm. But they cannot touch their own work. So they really want to touch their own work. So one of the guests teach me, it was very in- impressive conversation. He said... He has no experience in sword ma- knife making, but he wants to create something from zero, working with fire and working with steel. So he wanted to do that. Yeah. Of course, the IT field people know about searching something or touching a computer right. compared with other people, but they are working with the new things all the time. But new things changes all the time. Their industry is always changing and innovating. But forging a knife is using a fire and steel and using their hand. It's like going back to nature. Nice. I can see that, yeah.
0: So the industry they're in is almost, as you said, they can't touch it. They can't feel it. And then when they come to your workshop, Mm -hmm. they're getting their hands dirty. Mm -hmm. They're smelling the smoke. Yes. They're pounding steel. Uh And they're making something that will last a lifetime and mm. they they get to take it home
1: with mm. them after right yes just the point is you know that i'm working with very classical japanese sword making process mm. it's one of the oldest blacksmithing process in the world i was nervous about starting this business because i was unsure if anyone would be interested in this old traditional process mm-hmm. of swordsmithing but when the IT field guest visits me, learning of smithing technique from me. Yeah. At the time, I realized they naturally want to know. They want to learn something which will never change. It was a very good chance to know about, uh, about modern times. So it means we are doing classical work. They are learning, the, they are doing modern work. Really, really modern work. Right. That kind of opposite field matches they are creating something that is always changing but here they are creating something of value that will last forever
0: nice well your knives they are made from steel Uh uh-huh they will last forever Yep. are there any specific rules or etiquette around handling a
1: katana well when you are passing sword someone Mm -hmm. blade edge shoot your side your side all the time should
0: face to face, yourself
1: yes face to your side all okay. the time okay and uh, when you handling the sword never ever touch the edge yeah I've, I've heard that what is the reason for that well the oil from hand causes the rust and it's very disrespectful for sword so disrespectful that's right right. right. (laughs) and uh, it's very very bad mana for completed japanese soda so please never touch soda edge yeah
0: (laughs) we have been talking about katana about Mm -hmm. samurai swords i'm using air finger quotes but you also make kitchen knives Mm -hmm. and gorgeous cutlery Mm, thank you branching out or expanding your product assortment from swords to kitchen knives and cutlery is this a strategy of your business
1: yes it's part of my strategy but at first i didn't want to make kitchen knife but when i took my first apprentice i decided to make kitchen knife for his study when I take my first apprentice a few years ago, that I decided to start knife making, kitchen knife making. Because, the you know, the sword making, Japanese sword, let's say samurai knife, samurai sword, it's the top of the field, top of the blacksmithing field. Very, very high skill, and uh, it's based on a lot of tradition. Right. It's actually the highest quality blade in the world. But in modern times, that kind of technique doesn't have a direct relationship with modern lives. It means when I make sword, I make a sword maybe 10 to 15 blades per, per year. It only feels a direct relationship maybe 10 or 15 times per year. It's too less for my apprentice. So I tried to make more direct feeling with uh, modern life. More than people. Sure. Everybody needs a kitchen knife. That's right. Uh, when we increase my apprentice technique, increasing the technique of the apprentice makes customers happy. It gives higher motivation to apprentice. Yeah, I think so too.
0: That's a good, that's a good point. And it's the same with the cutlery, the knife and the fork and the spoon.
1: Yes. Those are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do you sell a lot of them? Yes, but it's all handmade, so we have limitation.
0: Oh, well, it's limited edition.
1: That's right. Explore Japan in comfort and ease
0: with Dream Drive. Rent a customized camper van to go camping, take nature hikes, relax at onsens, or just discover the many beautiful places less traveled around Japan. Dream Drive has various camper vans for solo travelers and families and is more affordable than trains and hotels as it's only one price per night. Go to dreamdrive.life.com to plan your next Japan adventure. Enter the coupon code ZEN and receive a sweet discount when making your customized camper van reservation. Dream Drive, the hotel on wheels.
1: <laughs> Taro, is there anything that you would like to mention or talk about? Can I talk about my future plan? Yes, please. Well, I want to make my own shop in Canada or America in a few years. You know, I'm a traditional Japanese swordsmith. And I'd like to teach and uh, I'd like to make a school in Japan and uh, America and Canada, blacksmithing school.
0: Wow! You want to create your own brand?
1: Uh huh, that's right. But most swordsmiths or blacksmiths are difficult to survive in modern times. So the, I actually taking the American apprentice mm-hmm. from next January. He's 20 years old still and uh, we, we are going to make a YouTube channel. I'm accepting the young apprentice from America, the American young boy, becoming the traditional Japanese swordsmith apprentice. It's big experience jump. That's really cool. Yeah, accepting the young American apprentice, it's big challenge for me, and creating a YouTube channel, it's also, it's very big challenge. Yeah, right. In future, in near future, I will have some student because I want, to, I want to start school. My new idea is, my own idea is that my students have to have their own, own YouTube channel.
0: As a condition.
1: Condition, yeah. Because in future, AI or computer technology will take over our work. At the time, the most important part of human being is the creation and experience of yourself. Cool. So
0: this apprentice that comes to Japan, uh-huh. how long will he have to study with you?
1: Well, I'm not sure. Still, he's not a formal swordsmithing apprentice. Mm-hmm. He's still a casual blacksmithing apprentice.
0: Good luck with your new apprentice. Thank you. Do you anticipate any... Cultural
1: issues.
0: (laughs) Does he speak Japanese? No, not yet. That'll be interesting because American culture and the Japanese culture of apprenticeship, I think, is a little bit different. Right.
1: That's part of my YouTube channel. Content of my YouTube channel. That's
0: what makes the
1: YouTube channel maybe popular is the drama,
0: mm-hmm. or the fights, or uh-huh. the excitement. <laughs> you know, just hammering away on a piece of steel mm-hmm. is probably not so compelling. Mm-hmm. So mixing a little
1: bit of the emotion right. with the technical mm-hmm. will create a really great story. That's right. For future, the, if I have uh, maybe three or four or five apprentices, they have their own channel. I also have my main channel. If I could run all the channel for everyone, it will be very 3D. 3D? 3D. They have their, uh, they will run channel from their own view. Okay. It's very unique. Yeah.
0: So you have the main channel, which is your channel. Uh huh. Then each apprentice will have their own perspective uh-huh. of how they're doing it, mm-hmm. and how they're learning, mm-hmm. and their interpretation. This is your side of the
1: story. Uh-huh. This is their side of That's the story. Right. That's right. That'll be cool. Most important part is, if they could have uh, 10,000 fans of, the, of their channel, and they can bring 10,000 fans from the beginning. It's very, very big help to start. So what will you teach him at first? Making cutlery
0: or making a kitchen knife? No way. No? Cleaning up, cleaning up the shop.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you have to do that? Yeah, they have to do that
1: It's a very, very basic part of the Blacksmithing Not yeah. not only in Japan But everywhere
0: Right When you were an apprentice at first What was the most basic job That you had to do? Cleaning the shop
1: Clean the shop mm. What about the charcoal? What about making the charcoal? Oh yeah, Cle- uh, yeah. Cutting charcoal is also Very, very important Yeah mm-hmm. You use pine charcoal, correct? Yes Why pine? Well, pine charcoal is very very light charcoal compared with the uh, compared with oak charcoal. The structure of the pine charcoal has a lot of air holes. That's the reason it's very light. It has a lot of surface, so it gets burned very quickly, and it gets a very high temperature very very quickly. Interesting.
0: And using pine charcoal is part of the traditional method. That's right. That's cool. <laughs> Is it true that if someone buys a real katana, they have to register it with the police? Yes, but we do that. That's part of our work. We have to register it. Before somebody buys the katana from you, when you finish making the blade, do you register it with
1: the local police station? Yes, we have two steps. We have to take a permission to before I start make. And uh, after I make it, that i have to register
0: that's interesting so you make 10 to 15 swords per year mm-hmm. and each time you go to the police station huh
1: and say i'm going to make another sword oh yes uh, actually i can i can get the permission same time so two times a year so you physically have to take your sword mm-hmm. To the Is it a police station
0: or is it a some kind of different, uh, different authority? Different place. When you finish your sword, you physically take it. Uh huh. They look at it mm-hmm. and sign it or take a photo or something like that? How does that it's work?
1: It's not so complicated like that, but uh, we have to prove it's for the traditional Japanese making process. Okay. We have to prove that. I see. So let's say,
0: for example, I buy a sword from you and I live
1: in Tokyo. Mm-hmm.
0: I come here to Gifu Hashima. I come to your workshop. I, I pick up my sword. I say thank you very much, Taro, mm-hmm. for this beautiful piece of art. <laughs> and I take it to Tokyo. Do I now need to go to a police station near my house and say I have this sword?
1: No. Okay. In Japan, we have a special laws. It's called uh, Jutoho. Jutoho. Yeah. it's laws for gun and blades. Mm-hmm. It sounds complicated, the endless uh, strict laws. But uh, basically, it's based on the mana. We have to cover it, and we have to we have to keep it in display case. Yeah, transport it in a special case. That's or it. Like that.
0: I see. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you export your swords? Yes.
0: Do you sell a lot of swords to foreigners overseas?
1: Uh huh. It's very common for me.
0: Of the ten to fifteen swords that you make every year.
1: Mm-hmm. What percentage stay in Japan? 50% stays in Japan and 50% export it. We can export sword, but each country have a different roads to import sword. Some country doesn't like to import the sword. I see. So the, my final option is I bring it with me to the country. For example, what country is that? Uh, Canada. Actually, Canada is a very strict country to import the sword. We need a minimum three weeks to get the permission to export from Japan to this country. Okay. Do
0: they ever say no? They never say no. Taro, I would like to give you my free unsolicited business idea. Sounds great. I love your swords. I have one of your kitchen knives. And soon I hope to get your cutlery as well. Thank you. I also have a very limited edition... Asano Taro bottle opener that you made (laughs) just for me. So thank you very much. So you have this great business going. You have a very good presence on social media. You have Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It's all excellent. I will put the links to all of your sites in the show notes of this podcast. Here's one idea for your workshops. You have been to Universal Studios before, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Whenever you ride on a roller coaster or a jet coaster, a scary ride, Mm -hmm. when you get off the ride, usually they have photos available that you can buy of yourself on the ride. You buy it as a souvenir, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you know that idea. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. When your workshops begin again, right now, not many foreigners coming to Japan, Mm -hmm. when your workshops begin again, you make individual edited videos of the participants while they are making the samurai knife. Mm. It can be one minute or two minutes long. And because you are editing them, you include a standardized introduction and a standardized outro to the video, Mm. right? The beginning part and the end part are the same for everybody, but it includes your name, your logo, Mm. your URL, and so these videos become like an advertisement for your business. After they finished the workshop, they had the lunch with you. Mm-hmm. They had an incredible experience. They're feeling so much joy and accomplishment. You offer this as an add-on sale. And it's edited in a way, it's not too long, you know, showing the highlights, mm-hmm. You know, the pounding of the steel and the sparks flying and the fire and mm-hmm. the making of the knife. 'Cause everybody wants to put this on their social media. It gives you first it gives you extra sales, but it also serves as an advertisement
1: mm-hmm. for your business and your brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my idea. Well, actually I think that's a very, very good idea. I actually doing that before. But I quit it. Why? Because it's a lifetime experience. So the I don't like to add more money for from my customer. Okay. That's good enough for lifetime experience. So I was giving them maybe 2 to 3 minutes short film of highlights. It worked, okay. but I quit it. I expected it could be the advertise and expected they upload to Facebook or social media, yeah. but they didn't they didn't do that.
0: Oh, really? Oh.
1: No, they didn't. Some people d- did it, I think, but it doesn't be famous. You know, it's very, very personal experience, so they would like to keep it their own private things. So I see
0: what you mean when you say that people perceive this as a personal experience and don't want to put it on their social
1: media, perhaps. Mm-hmm. There are two facts. My guest didn't want to upload a long film. I think that it's because of the type of the social media. If they have their own YouTube channel, they will upload it. But they only have Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. They didn't do that. That's all. Mm?
0: Okay, here's another idea. Maybe you already do this. I don't
1: know. (laughs) I'm not
0: sure. You offer a certification, like a diploma. So when people finish making their knife, they get a Asano Kajiya certificate, it's a certification, like a diploma. When they finish the workshop, the day-long workshop, they receive like a diploma. And of course, when you hand it to them, you pose for a photo. So they're holding their knife, they're holding the diploma, they're posing with you, and they take a photo. Mm-hmm. This they would probably put up on Facebook, probably. Yeah, I think it's a very
1: good idea. My future dream is I'm going to make the sticker to certification of yep. to finishing my short class. Yeah. Then they put my sticker on cell phone. Then someday, they, hey, I did you take a Tarot class? Yeah. Yeah, I did, I took the same oh. class, that kind of thing.
0: It's oh, so you want to make stickers so people uh-huh. can put them on their cell phones. Or, or a
1: computer or something. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Yeah. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So then you could also do that. So right now your classes are, well, they're expensive. What, $500? Almost, yes. Almost $500. Mm-hmm. But experiences are much better than having things. hmm This is probably the only place in the world that you could do something like this. Number one, there's not many places where swords are even made. Number two, there's not many places where you can create something in a traditional way, a samurai knife in one day. Number three, where you can be taught in English because these classes are in English. You're probably the only person in the world that can do this. Yes. So in that regards, paying $500 for a workshop to learn how to make, how to forge your own samurai knife is, I think, well worth it. Maybe even charge a little bit more. Make it a package deal. You could even have two. You could have just the create the samurai knife package Mm -hmm. and the create the samurai knife with certification package. Interesting, yeah. And with the certification package, you get the videos, you get the photos, you get the diploma, mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, that's a nice idea. Feel free to use it.
1: Mm, thank you.
0: So, Taro, thank you very much for your explanation today about sword making and about your vision and giving us some cultural background about sword making in Japan. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. for. I'm so happy to sharing this time you, with you. If people want to know more about what you do and your products and your workshop and of course
1: your katana, where should they search? My website is the best way to reach to me. Okay. but I also starting the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Japanese Japanese one and English one. Okay. So that's one of, uh, one of the best ways to know what I am doing. I see.
0: And what is your website address?:
1: AsanoKajiya.com.
0: For the sharpest and coolest sword-making site in all of Japan, it's asanokajia.com. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. That was great. Thank you. It's great conversation. Cheers. And that was Kajia Taro Asano. His workshop is located one stop from Nagoya in Gifu Hashima. If you are interested in a -a one-of-a-kind katana or taking one of his samurai knife-making workshops, you can get in touch with Taro through his website at asanokajia.com. You can also find him and all his activities on Facebook under his name, Taro Asano. Thank you for listening today, and if you could, please leave a positive star rating or comment on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. Until the next episode, thanks everyone.